I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome back to uh, Ausbiz as we kick off the afternoon as usual with the call. Uh, we analyse 10 stocks, you suggest. We put it to two experts in 60 minutes for the lowdown. What a panel we've got. The A-team are back from their Christmas holidays and summer break Tanned. and lockdowns and everything. Tan. Yes, I'm talking about Adam Dawes from Shore and Partners. Adam, welcome back. Thank you. And Thank you. Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Henry, good to have you back. Good to be here. So, where have you been? Well, on holidays. <laughs> enjoying myself. Not in lockdown like you two. <laughs> yeah, we're both from the dirty northern beaches. Oh, no. so, the, the cluster. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, we're, and we both went to a... A different gym on yeah. the northern beaches and then had to self-isolate. I know, so, I know. So. One hour of exercise, two weeks of punishment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Story of my life. Yeah. That, that'll teach us. Well, no, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> well, it's good to have you both back. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. Market's really interesting at the moment for all sorts of different reasons. But uh, before we get into your 10 stocks, I always choose a stock of the day. Uh, we couldn't go past this morning. Uh, Nick Scarly, the, the big retailer, one of the darlings of the share market in 2020, announced a doubling of half-year profit to the end of uh, end of December, ratcheting up its um, interim dividend on the back of booming demand late last year, underlying net profit after tax up 99.5%. You'd think they just round it up, wouldn't you? You'd say to the CFO, hey, give it 100% is good. Uh, that's because we all got sick of sitting on our sofas uh, in lockdown. Shareholders set to get an interim dividend 40 cents a share, up from 25 cents a previous nice. period. Anthony Scarley, the MD, saying the results came in the face of many COVID-shaped challenges, characterising the last six months as exceptional for the business. Um, and a bit of an update saying um, that it's continuing the, the demand as well. Henry, what do you think of the result? And does it justify buying Nick Scarley at these prices? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't think mm. anything has really changed. I mean, right. this, the, the problem with Nick Scarly is it can be a little bit thin and a liquid sometimes. Yeah. Um, so that is, it does lead to a little bit of volatility that sometimes can put a lot of people off. But this is a good story, a well-run retailer. Even before COVID hit, it was doing very well. And COVID has just accelerated that trend and yeah. really magnified it 100%, well, 99.5. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it, it's all good dividend up. Um, there's nothing not to like here. And I think, you know, as we come out of COVID with dollars in our pockets and nowhere to go, and we've seen how quickly things change with, with Victoria, yeah. you know, there's still this cocooning, there's still the Netflix effect, they're still sitting on the couch. What better couch to sit on than the next Scarly couch? Yeah, it's really high though, isn't it? Historically high? It's, as well. yeah, but it, you know. Got can you bring up the five year chart? Because uh, the, the negatives on this are that. You know, you only buy a couch every 10 years or so and 
has has it brought forward a lot of decisions? Can they maintain? Yeah, that? but when you when you look at how busy the tradies are, as, you know, I, I know, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, you know there's a lot line. of renovations going on, and when yeah. you've got this Schmick yeah. new house mm. and this Schmick new extension, and building approvals this week, a lot more to go. Building approvals, the housing boom yeah. continuing. You're going to yeah. put a nice sofa in there. You might consign the old one to the the rumpus room, yeah, and just do a bit of a switcheroo. But yeah. you know, th this is this is a, a, a stock that's geared to the housing yeah. recovery. Not that we ever had a dip, really. Yeah. Um, so I, I think yeah. this one's going to continue to keep okay. going. Adam, yeah, I like it. It's one of the best retailers uh, out there as far as their uh, inventory management. When you buy a couch, it takes three months to get to you because they don't actually hold it into storage area or anything. They go and actually make it to order. So um, for that, their inventory management is absolutely fantastic. And people and, and that mucks up a lot of retailers, does yes. it? That's the Achilles heel of a lot of retailers. Correct, because you have to keep inventory. And yeah. then if you, yeah. So you go in there knowing that it's going to take three months, even six months to get this couch, depending on what you buy. Um, then, you know, you walk out, you pay a deposit and then you continue on. So mm. I, like, I, I really like the business. There's been talk in the market today that potentially they could look at f fantastic furniture as a way of sort of growing that, um, oh. that base and potential acquisition with some bit of cash that they've got sitting on the sidelines and obviously a higher dividend. Everyone's searching for that dividend at the right. moment. Is that a good thing for them to go for fantastic furniture? Uh, look, I, I think you, you, you probably say Nick Scali is probably uh, a mature stock in a yeah. mature market. So right. they're going to need to look for some growth. Potentially that low end, they could sort of pick it up a little bit and, and sort of run with it. So, yeah, potentially. It's fantastic. Well run. Because that, that's the thing on Nick Scali is uh, even if, um, and, and with their business model, even mm. if there's a dip of orders, they're not going to, left holding the bag with no. a heap of inventory or no. anything like that. They really are good retail Absolutely. managers. Could they do that to fantastic furniture? Well, I think there is some synergies that they could definitely right. bring across to the back end and then obviously then trying to okay. raise it because Fantastic's probably that sort of lower end uh, couch that you buy, the $200 or $300 couch that probably won't last as long. Yeah. Uh, so they might have some synergies there. But yeah, just a little bit of talk in the market uh, after today's result. Okay, all right. So Nick Scarley already in the calls portfolio stays there. And, and big tick. All right. Uh, no, We've got the first one like right. That. No pressure, no pressure. Don't be no like pressure. that. Because <laughs> like it's good, it's healthy with different opinions. All right, let's get into the stocks that uh, you want us to take a look at today. Richard wants a view um, Adam on Oz Minerals, the mining and processing um, ore group, copper, gold, silver. Uh, just got board approval to expand is it called the Carapatina? Yep. Uh, copper and gold mine um, in South Australia and, and increased production there. So yes, is is fantastic stock. We've owned this one since sort of $7. So we're really, really happy with it and we'll continue to hold it. They spin out a lot of cash. Their guidance for 2021 has increased to 22,000 tonnes uh, of uh, copper and year on year. Their production on gold is a little bit lower. So just be a little bit cautious there. But copper, certainly uh, the, the, the way to go. Um, they've got a lot of cash dividends there. Um, even though the share price is looking a little bit toppy up here, I think it's a fantastic business and I'm really, really comfortable with it. Okay, so I'd be comfortable too if I bought it at $7 yeah. and it's $19.29. Yeah. Uh, but if you didn't buy it $7 and would you buy it at 19.29? So there is, they will continually upgrade 
this business over the next five to right. eight years because of that production that they've got to Carapatina. Right. And three, maybe five years ago, nobody wanted to touch this thing because it was cost overrun. It was there was issues, and copper mm. wasn't the flavour of the year. Uh, so yeah. Uh, there is still continuing more upgrades that we see to come. Plus, their cash management is fantastic as well. Okay. So, dividends will be continuing to All move right, forward. So, even at these levels, a yes, Andrew? Uh, yes, from me as well, I guess. Um, is that a good thing? What do you mean, I guess? Well, <laughs> no, absolutely. Go for I, it. I didn't buy it at seven bucks, but yeah. you know, it's um, it's a very well-run company. Carapatina is going well. West Musgrave is going well. Prominent right. Hill is going well. Yep. It yeah. is very much correlated to the copper price. Right. So assuming, and we're all assuming this, with electric vehicles coming, the amount of copper that's used, Batteries. The, the global um, expansion of the global economy, hopefully yeah. as we see the vaccines come through, copper of course in, in housing, pipes, yeah. electricity, etc. Um, you'd imagine that copper's gonna continue to be bubbling away, as is nickel as right. well for the EV, the battery okay. whole thing. So yeah. I think this one will continue to go. They've got great management, um, they've got great assets. Uh, they're sweating those assets. They haven't made anything. They haven't made any silly moves, yeah. um, and we do tend to see that with resource stocks. They can get a little bit carried away, <laughs> and they get some <laughs> investment banker cash. in their ear, and they're yeah. going, "You should buy something." Yeah. <laughs> um, and they haven't done that. And right. you know that, that's that's been a feature, I guess, of this resource boom is that there's not been a lot of M and A. We've mm. seen uh, what Saracen and Northern Star that's get together, but that was it. that was logical as all hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bearing in mind the asset they own, so um, I think this one is good. Mm. Will continue to go higher. Um, looking for copper and nickel plays. This is this stands out. Good management. Good so projects. did they change management? You were saying no one a few years ago wanted them because they were cost overruns and uh, all that. Did they change management or did they just sure. get better? And, I think it was that they just got better and settled in. Right. And I think when Carapatina first kicked off, there was some question marks over it and how they would manage the asset. But as mm. as we've got uh, further down the timeline in terms of the asset, then uh, those that caution has started to dissipate and, okay. and the management's been well, rewarded for putting, you know, kicking goals. Good yeah. on them. That's yeah. what you want as a shareholder, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Um, and funnily enough, Oz Minerals is already in the call portfolio. Oh. So it's doing it's well so good. far, yep. right. Next one we might do. All right. Uh, <laughs> Henry Jock wants a view on Bendigo and Adelaide Bank. Of course, banks have come very much in favour. I notice... Um, Morgan Stanley went overweight banks for the first time in 60 years last week with wow. their recommendations, but main, mainly the big four. Don't laugh. I'm just saying, a bit late to the party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome um, to the party, pal. But, but see, um, Julia Lee, who we had on the call last week, uh, she prefers regional banks to the big four. Really? So, yeah. Oh, no. I, what do you think? I guess it's a relative value kind of basis. Yeah. Um, I prefer the big four to the regionals, only right. because when the big boys fight over margins, over mortgages, etc., the little ones tend to get squished. But I guess following the Hain Royal Commission, people are happier to go slightly outside the big four. I know yeah. the Royal Commission seems to have sort of um, now be well and truly in the rearview mirror, and no one yeah. really is concerned about that. The treasurer has now gone lend, lend, lend. Just, just yeah. keep it going, yeah. boys. Yeah. Um, we have seen a massive renaissance in the banking sector. Uh, in the big four and in Bendigo and in Bank of Queensland. I think, you know, bearing in mind what's happened with the Queensland economy because of the way they've shut down, yeah. I'd probably prefer to go with Bendigo. Um, right. It's got a relatively good yield, fully franked. Um, they're seeing that regional growth and a little bit of um, 
there's also, I guess, there's a little bit of corporate activity potentially. We've got maybe someone looking at MeBank. Mm-hmm. Um, that was in the papers the other yeah, day. So yeah. I'm not saying that this is on the cards, but it, when you get a takeover in the sector, it kind of revalues yeah. the sector. Everyone goes, oh, well, if they paid that for that, then this mm. must be worth that. Mm. Um, and when you get a bit of that. So I, I don't mind Bendigo and Adelaide, um, but you know, it's not the sexiest of the banks. No. But it's not the... L- not as unsexy as so it used do you, to be. So do you have a preferred one in the banking sector? <sighs> it's hard to go past CBA, isn't it? Right. I mean, their technology is just so good. Oh, they mm. report today saying what they could increase dividends 50%. And yeah. Well, they've, they've all been you know hunkering down over the last year because yeah. of COVID, and they didn't know and, what was going to happen. And o- over-provisioned, I would say, over, too. They must be, <laughs> there must be logs just stuffed with money, um, you know, going, hang on a second, we can probably undo this log now because we don't yeah. need the provision. So, um, I mean, I opened a CBA account the other day. I had, I've always banked with Macquarie because uh, I used to work there, but I had a CBA. It was so easy. The technology. My daughter's going, this is, look at this, Dad. And you go, how good's this? Wow. Now, Macquarie bank account is pretty hopeless, right. um, right. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's a staff account as well, which doesn't help. Right. Um, but the, the technology, the ease of opening the whole thing, I mean, Commonwealth Bank, it deserves a premium. Mm. Um, you know, oh, the, the ugly right. duckling, I guess, is, is probably NABs in the whole thing, and Westpac's the Maverick and ANZ. They've all, they've all come through yep. the Hain Commission. Yep. Um, and now they're out there and we've got a housing recovery like there's, right. it's not even a recovery. Right. Okay. It dipped for two days. Okay. Mm. So <laughs> you're saying yes on Bendigo, yes. but you prefer CBA. I, I prefer the, the big banks, yeah. Right. I'm um, not going to be so wishy-washy. Uh, no, for Bendigo. Oh, for me. Oh, yeah. um, I don't like the regionals at all. They're price takers, not price makers. And um, when I say that, is that basically when they're getting their funding from the market, they have to take a price. Whereas Commonwealth Bank, Westpac and the big four, they go out to the market and they can basically claim or talk about their price and they, and they make that price. So um, the margin on that, I think, is the net interest margin is always going to be lower than the big four. And that's where the banks make most of their money. Right. In the big four, and I guess the outlook for the banks is obviously more positive as we've just talked about. Uh, the banks will outperform, I think, the ASX 200 this year big call but I do think mm-hmm. that they will grow their domestic uh, business cyclical uh, recovery on their earnings and they've got healthy balance sheets right everybody's going to be looking for income yep yeah, everybody's yeah. going to be looking for income yeah. and the banks are going to pay two dividends this year whereas last year they only paid one if not yep. uh, two but they were anemic this year I think the first round of dividends will be a little bit cautious but then they'll make it up in the second half of this year. So I think that uh, the big four, in order of preference, is CBA, Westpac, uh, NAB, and ANZ for me on the big four. But yeah, I, I'm looking for most of the price targets for the major banks to be uh, uplifted by 15 to 22%. This year? This year. Okay, that's a pretty good return. Yep. All right. So where they are now? Well, see, <laughs> this year, so that was... From the 1st uh, of January. Yeah. <laughs> Looking back, no, no, I look... Good call. Yeah. He did that because you called him wishy-washy. Yeah, yeah so you called him wishy-washy. Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. do the wishy-washy Exactly thing. right. Get right. stuck into yeah, it. Fine. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Adam Dana wants a view on uh, Monash IVF. Uh, the, um, they call it human fertility services, which is an interesting well, business one, yep, isn't it? Yep. Uh, or assistive reproductive services, one of the biggest in the country here and in Malaysia. So, no, for me, I think 
that, and I've always been cautious of the IVF uh, businesses. Uh, but if you actually look into the business in Monash, it's actually had a really good solid start to this year and the yield is fairly attractive as well. So there is going to be potential sort of upgrades to some of their forecasts uh, for 2021 and Medicare data is also going to be fairly supportive of this. But for me, it is has been a horrible investment and, and you're looking at a chart there of sort of one year but really hasn't done much. And if you look back further, this has been a pretty oh, disaster. that over the five years. Yeah, yeah, it's been a pretty disaster. So maybe there is a turnaround to come. Uh, it's very expensive to get IVF, and I think it it takes out of the reach of a lot of people uh, yeah. going forward. And it's just one of those ones that I we always get asked about it. It's always in there, but I don't think it's an attractive. I think there's plenty of other stocks out there. So yeah, yeah I'm it's sort no. of a lot of people have been through IVF and how expensive it is. You know, they think, oh well. Maybe I could get a return on investing in the yeah. methods, but yeah. And there has been apparently a bit of a price war in that yeah. sector as well. Yeah, there has. I mean, this is a discretionary retailer Yeah. Um, cool. at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a very expensive product you're buying, not just for the IVF, but think of the school fees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the ongoing servicing costs involved in their product. Yeah. Um, not for me, I've got to say. There's a few people that like it, and you could see, you could mount a case for it popping back up to sort of, you know, from 72 to 80, 85, and it could do with the wind behind it as the economy comes out of this, um, the, 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 the COVID funk. But it is a discretionary retailer. We have seen childcare costs going up. We're seeing employment, although it's a lot better than we thought, there's still a lot of part-time employment, a lot of still uncertainty out there. Um, I think there's just better stocks to mm. play if you know Nick Scarly. Yeah. It's a much less expensive product yeah. than uh, the, your your infant. Um, yeah. but you know at the end of the day th- this is th- it's an expensive thing to, to undergo a lot of heartache for parents yeah. to go undergo it. Um, I think it's got a little bit of upside but it's just I think there's better elsewhere. Okay. All right. Um, is Harvey Norman one of those stocks that have better upside. Well, they sell sofas as well. They're, they're like Harvey Norman, a Harvey Norman store. It's like a collection of small businesses, isn't it? It because is. Because your electronics yeah. businesses run by one bloke or owned by one bloke, isn't it? And bedding. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a very clever business model. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it, it, it's, you know, it's blue chip backed by a great property portfolio yeah. in great locations with a really good manager and a really good promoter of the, the, the core brand. And it doesn't really have a lot of competition mm. in that space, mm. you know, apart from Temple and Webster online. I mean, if you, if you yeah. want to buy furniture or you want to buy electronics in one place, yeah. there's not a lot of competition mm. really. And it's got, you know, it's got that overseas uh, look as well. Ireland, what is it, Croatia and other places like yep. that. Yeah. What's not to like? Right. Yeah, I like it as well. I think it's a great, great business and, and that housing cycle is definitely going to push out earnings uh, for the next six months or even longer, rate cuts, work from home uh, to drive that housing market higher. And as we said, Nick Scully, you can see that at the pointy end of that one as well uh, going forward. I think this reopening trade, which is obviously still continuing to happen, has driven um, the, the stock to move higher as well. Um, the shorters probably got a little bit excited when JB Hi-Fi came onto the boards, as well as then um, when they bought the good guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so that's yeah. in direct yeah. competition with Harvey. 
in the white goods space. Yeah, in the white goods space. Right, so um, potentially the shortest thought that JB Hi-Fi might be able to take a little bit more market share off them. So I think they got a little bit excited. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's held the course. He pays a good dividend as well. Um, you know, it's one that I have missed every time. Like, I, I've missed it because, you know, you always get a little bit scared and sort of listen to too many opinions. But this housing cycle for 2021, yeah. I think it's definitely a buy. Yeah. And that, that's the thing with the, the housing figures coming out in the last week or mm. so. So, and the renovation figures, as you were saying, Henry, you, you look at the ripple effect of that, not only in terms of, of jobs, which the yep. government will love because it's still labour intensive. Yeah. But, you know, you've got to buy your new curtains and your carpet and your kit, fit out the kitchen, kitchen. and the whole lot. Well, yep. So there's a bit of a lag, yep. but you know it's coming. And you've only got to look at the new vehicle sales yesterday. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Toyota Hilux point. Numero Uno again. Yep. The Ford Ranger, number two. Yep. And you know, you know this, Kamikaze Corner. Yeah. in uh, the, uh, the brink of Avalon, yeah. in the morning rush hour, there is ute after ute after oh, ute right, after traders. ute heading north to Palmy and places to, to do stuff. Tradies are busy as 10 men at the moment. Yeah. Um, and this is all feeding into this housing recovery. People are pumping their holiday money mm. into their homes because yeah. let's face it, that's, that's where we're holidaying. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I holidayed in Avalon <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> over Christmas. Oh, and you're looking months. around and you think, well, I'll just fix it. I'll get a new sofa. Oh, hang on. I'll get, oh, hang yeah, on. Yeah. And once you start, it's it's hard to, to stop. And this yeah. really plays Take into that further. Yeah. It's Wes Farmers and Bunnings. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. the thing's just gone absolutely ballistic. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly that. You sit around and you're like, oh, I should do that. Yeah. Oh, I'll just duck down to the Bunnings yeah, and get this. I'll just duck down and get that. So Those new car sales. Incredible yesterday, except for one really sad thing. For the first time in 48 years, not one Holden was sold in a month. Did you see the last Holden, the price it went for? Yeah, oh, well, that was yeah, col- the collector's line. item, yeah, but right. not one Holden not one. for the first time in 48 years, <laughs> wow. in a month. Let's hope they don't really start production, otherwise that guy's yeah. going to be really upset. Yeah, <laughs> 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 All right, uh, so yes for, for Harvey Norman there. Um, Adam, Anna wants a view on Calyx. Uh, this is an interesting one. It's it in is. the carbon capture uh, business, technology uh, business, um, and has also been given some approvals for new projects in, in Europe as well. Which is so I'm really glad uh, this one came up because uh, I why? sat down with Calyx just yesterday ah. and they came into Shores. Ah. And uh, it was like when I saw... Good timing, Anna. Yeah, very good timing because I, I got a really good rundown, hour and a half rundown on this business. And it looks really interesting. Right. Uh, I, we've been doing a little bit of buying on it today. I think it's $1.50. Six. Yeah. $1.56 now. Right. I might have missed a couple. Um, so, yeah. So, <laughs> it's had a good run up. Yeah, it has had run. a good run up. But there's there's a couple of things. Um, they do uh, the, the main business, or they've, they've got a couple of main businesses, but slashing carbon emissions is going to be, again, this year is going to be a huge thing for investors as well as fund managers as well as for businesses. And these guys can do that through a couple of their businesses. But one is the cement or making of cement they can then slash uh, the carbon emissions because there's a fair bit of heating that goes on when you make cement. And it's very, very, it's the third um, largest well, you go ahead because a emitter of carbon, right? Emitter of carbons. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. So 
Calix has two main partners uh, with a couple of pilot plants with Semex Cement and Heidelberg manufacturers, yeah. which produce around 200, get it, is 200 billion tons of cement per annum, which is Come only 10% on. of the world's supply. Wow. Okay, so this is huge. Now, cement manufacturers, third largest carbon emitters on the planet, and the management are guiding to a couple of licensing deals, which they guided to yesterday to us, but obviously didn't give us names. But we expect a major re-rating of this stock and the value should move forward. So okay. it ticks a couple of the boxes, ESG, uh, carbon emissions, and obviously doing well yeah. for the, the country. And from my reading of it, the European Commission is really focusing on these industries. Yes. Um, and bringing them in or approving them. And uh, particularly Heidelberg Cement and Semex. Yep using this technology um, as a result of that have got the tick from the European Commission. So uh, the Australian technology is adopted by the European cement makers. Calix will receive a royalty uh, off the back of that because despite the cement makers are spending a lot of money, their technology still remains Australian owned and they're going to receive royalties mm. going forward on that. Carbon storage is going to be big. Okay. So it's an interesting one. We like it. Yeah. So it's, it's a yes, uh, yes if you didn't get All right. that. Yeah, I got the hint there. So it's it's a, like a like a, a tech business in an area you don't expect a tech business to be in. Yeah, I'm really upset because I'm interviewing the CEO tomorrow for my podcast. Hey, there you go. Ah, he's do, doing the rounds. So he's obviously doing the rounds. Is uh, is, is Phil Hodson? He was good. He was really he good. Was good. Yeah, he was really good. You might need to give me some questions to ask him. Okay. Um, I like this one. Right. Um, interestingly, though, there was a big placement in this stock a couple of days ago. That. You did forget oh, to mention that, to didn't mention you? That. That I left that one for you. <laughs> Thank you. Who um, do? Bevan Slattery. No, uh, no. no. If it had been Bevan Slattery, it would have doubled in an yeah, hour. Um, no, not Bevan this time. That was uh, that was rent. Yeah. But um, no, they did do a big placement. So one of the the shareholders that's been on board for a long, long time, I think 2014, yep. is a mob called Sculptor Capital, which used to be called Ziff. No wonder they changed the name. Yep. Um, and they placed a whole bunch of shares at $1.20. Oh. So um, there is a bit of stock around. It's a really good story. I like the story. I like the technology. And I'm really looking forward to talking to Phil tomorrow. And obviously, you've had the rundown, so he's out and about. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's great technology. It, feels, it ticks lots of boxes, especially with the European push into carbon mm. capture. The whole cement thing is very good. Um, there's lots of technical questions that I have for Phil tomorrow because I had a process engineer I wrote it up a few days ago and right. a process engineer said, no, 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 this is all wrong. And then I got this email back from Phil saying, no, no, he's all wrong. So looking right, forward okay. to the discussion of, um, of, discussion. of the process. Heated, <coughs> the word. Yeah. But uh, no, I like this one. It's just a okay. question of where you buy it. I'd love to have got some of that stock at $1.20. Well, Aussie Super took some. Yep. And there was another large fund manager that basically two of them basically took the whole line. Yep. Right. So, so are you doing... That's going to be Will sticky Will you do a dollar fifty or yeah, wait for it to come back? No, let's do yes. Right. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Um, and you would hope the Australian government will start to encourage yeah, this I mean, sort of stuff. We've yeah. got this technology in our own backyard. Yeah, back of Marsh. I've been invited. Have you been invited? No. I've been invited by, by Phil, my new best mate, right. down to back of Marsh. Right. Oh, next time, next time in Melbourne, that's where the pilot plant is. That's ah. where they're doing all the trials. Um, and in Europe as well. 
But uh, so I've been invited down there to have a look at it, ah, which will okay. be interesting. Yeah. If we get back down to Melbourne again, absolutely. Oh, report back on that after today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's just recap the first five stocks, including our stock of the day, Nick Scarley. Uh, Nick Scarley, a yes from both um, Henry and Adam. Uh, Oz Minerals, a yes as well. Uh, Bendigo Adelaide, yes from Henry, no from Adam. Both of them prefer CBA. If you going to be in boring, the I know. Uh, boring, mm. but wishy-washy. Uh, they're going to do all right. <laughs> uh, Monash IVF, a no. Harvey Norman, a yes. And Calix, a yes as well. Here on the call, we have our own portfolio. We've been tracking since the 1st of July, sort of a fantasy portfolio, thanks to our partner, NabTrade. Any stocks that gets unanimous approval, uh, Harvey Norman, Calix, Oz Minerals and Nick Scarley so far on today's show, go into the portfolio. If they come up again, like Nick Scarley and, and Oz Minerals did, um, and they don't get the unanimous yes, they go out of the portfolio, but those two stay in today. Let's see how we've been going up half a percent for the week, uh, one and three quarter percent for the month, and almost 26% for uh, year to date since July the 1st. Uh, some of the stocks recently been added by our um, expert panels, Ophir High Conviction Fund, uh, JB Hi-Fi, Telstra, Incitec Pivot, 4DS Memory, Orthocell. Stocks to come out, Hum Group, the old Flexi Group, Ridley Corp, some Barbara and Qantas. Check out all the stocks in the portfolio. Head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Coming up in the next hour on Ausbiz, we speak to Grant Nichols, the fund manager at Centuria Office REIT. Uh, he joins us fresh off the company's half yearly results. And that's right here at 1.20. All right, let's get into the uh, second half of the call. And Henry, uh, Crystal wants a view on BrainChip, the uh, um, AI tech company that's done all of these deals with um, with its Akita device into, uh, into Japan. And also NASA has ordered Akita as well. You've got to stick way. NASA in there, haven't you? Yep. As soon as you put <laughs> NASA in, there's a, there's a couple of hundred million on the market cap straight away. Um, I guess there's, uh, you know, at the moment there's chip wars going on. Chinese yep. are actually uh, stockpiling chips because, you know, we've seen in this supply chain problem that we've had that, um, you know, he who owns the chips controls basically the product. Yep. Now these guys, BrainChip, are coming up with a new neuron network kind of chip called Aikida, which yep. is basically kind of real-time facial recognition and, and, and really smart AI stuff, which is fantastic. Yep. It's, it's been a, around for a while, the Aikida in, product, in sort of uh, trials and testing and whatever. Now we're just starting to see the fruits of that come through. They were doing facial recognition technology for casinos um, spotting small part of their business, small part of it, but that was kind of that was the bit that was kind of I guess funding the Akita research till the Akita kicked in, right. and then they could do that. Um, I don't mind this stock. I don't mind the story. The thing I struggle with is the near billion dollar valuation of mm. this thing. Um, it's gone nuts. There's a couple of other stocks in in that same space, not all doing the same thing, but there's two other stocks that I group in with it. Webit Nano which is in, um, in the memory storage kind of yep. area, and also 4DS, which is kind yep. of the little brother. You've got that in your portfolio. Yep. That's the little brother, I guess, because they're still doing a lot of research with mm -hmm. iMac right. um, about their new um, chip and their wafer they're going to be using. So those are the three kind of in there. When you look at the relative values, you've got BrainChip at a billion, and you've got the other two at 230 whatever. Right. Yep. Right. To me, 
there's a bit of some the, the 4DS and the Weebit Nano offer better value right. or better risk reward than the billion dollar market cap. I, right. You know, I don't mind Brainship, and if if they put in all these, now we've got to deal with NASA, and we've got to, do, you know, these are all kind of tests and trials. You know, you give them one bit of kit and say go and yeah. test that for six months. Yeah. It and takes can, time. Can I use um, market gets very excited about it, of course. Yeah. So does the forums. So oh, I can imagine they'd be whipping themselves <laughs> into, a, into a frenzy <laughs> of froth. Yeah. But see, then there's the argument, because you blokes keep saying to me, all right, you've got to pick your time to get into these businesses because they're going to suck you dry as they get into the research stage and yep. go back to the market yep. and raise capital and then they'll have a product and then they start to scale up. <laughs> and, and that's where the growth comes from. Yep. Is this at that point now? I think it's at that point where we could see runs on the board. Right. I think I think we're getting to Not that sure pivotal point, but um, it's still a, a relatively, you know, it's still a journey. Yeah. Um, it's a billion dollar market cap. Could it be a two billion dollar market cap? Yes, it could. Yeah. But could the other two be a billion dollar market cap? Yes, they could. And give you better value. And give, the, give you right. better value. Okay. Funnily enough, I was talking to a guy on email today. He emailed me about another company called Silex. Oh, yeah. Uranium enrichment. I got into Silex in the early 90s <laughs> for doing uranium enrichment. It is still going and still talking about uranium enrichment. It's 2021. Show I, made, age, I made a lot of money in Silex. I bought them at 35 cents. And they got to $13 at one stage in the frenzy. And I got out of most of them. I still got a few thousand for old time's sake. And I had an email saying, what do you think of Silex? I went, oh, here we go again. It's 30 years. And what are they now? Dollar uh, seventy or something because oh, right, uranium is okay. all back in fashion. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they're still talking about the technology they were talking about in the nineties, and they were doing um, silicon uh, chips, and they went into solar energy, and they stuffed that up. Um, yeah, and there's That's there's right. a long time, there's a long yeah, way yeah. to go. I, I don't mind brain chip, but it's it's to me it's a billion dollar as opposed but 40 to forty S and we bit are better. I think they just got better, better comparative. Forty okay. S just raised capital the other day so um, it'd be interesting to see where we put it into the portfolio because it will be down from uh, that that initial uh, area but yeah for me brain chip I, I think and, and please don't quote me people on this one um, but I think there's pretty much zero revenue coming in or there's oh. a little bit of rev yeah a little bit of revenue coming in but that's not enough to to warrant that billion dollar market cap yeah so uh, we've been on 40s for a long time and we really like that we already run 40s has still got a ways to go and we think that sort of uh, memory chip uh, device is probably better so okay. it, 40s is my pick okay. uh, and it's no for brain chip all right okay Kristen thanks for the suggestion though um now we're going to go from tech, tech to salmon farming. Uh, hey, we know everything that's here. The beauty, yeah, it's that's the, the, that's the beauty of, of the markets, though. Is that just the diversity is just incredible. Um, Laura wants a view on Tassel Group, the uh, um, Atlantic Salmon Farming Group, of course, in uh, Tasmania, exports around the world, uh, fully integrated, the whole process going through, was it? Yeah. Uh, no. Oh. Is, is, Why? That was a quick, yeah. quick well, answer. Uh, this year, I've, I've, I'm making sure that I'm going to be positive, but also uh, be, be, you know, uh, uh, got to get our calls right. There's too much, too many things that can go wrong with uh, livestock, and you know, you, you call sort of people who invest in the market, they make a lot of punts, those kinds of things. Farmers are the biggest punters in the world. If the <laughs> rain doesn't arrive on a certain day, then their whole crop, their yeah. whole livelihood is stuffed for the year, right? 
Salmon farming is, is also the same. Water temperatures, uh, disease, anything like yeah. that can wipe out stock. It's quite fragile, isn't Within it? Within minutes, hours, they can, they can lose their whole stock. So for me, it's too risky to, to be able to do this. Though I do like them when they come and see us because they do bring lots of salmon and we all sit down with these big salmon plates and it's lovely. So come back to Shaw's uh, tassel again. But um, yeah, look, I, I think um, one, it's the salmon price uh, that they're fetching. They are looking at a, a lower for 2021 EBITDA per kilo is around $2.90 a kilo versus $3.60 a kilo in 2020. Right. So obviously there's going to be a re-rate on the price that they're actually again going to get for the salmon. And we think export prices, because they do do prawns as well, but we do think the export prices uh, for fish pool prices is going to be down around 20% as well. Okay. So look, it's a All tough right. one. Um, there's uh, some other countries now, Chile, starting to come into the mix and starting to produce these kinds of things. So there is some more competition coming through. And um, they're probably looking to upgrade their production of tons to around 40,000 tons. But um, for me, there's too much risk involved okay. in that one. And Henry, the shorts are in here fairly heavily too, aren't they? Uh, they the are. They obviously don't like the product as much as Adam does. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get the prawns as well as the salmon when they come? No, out? only the salmon. They no, only the come salmon. with the salmon. Yeah. Um, with a cheeky Sab Blanc or something like that. Yeah, 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 Sounds like good. I would need an invite to that one. Yeah. Done. Um, no from me. Definitely right. not. For all the reasons that Adam said, basically. It's, it's just too hard. It's too... The, 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 the margin between success and failure is so fine. It's half a okay. degree of Half a degree. And we saw it the other day, what was it? Hue and Agriculture yep. came out with a, a, an earnings downgrade and problems and all this sort of stuff. They're in the, the same business. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just, no. Okay. It's, it's not one that I'd like to be in. So I'm, do you go into other ag stocks though? Or do you just don't like, because this is really an agricultural stock. Isn't it it so. is, it is. But it, it's kind of more... I guess more finely tuned. Not only have you got the competition from Chile, you've got the competition from Norway, you've got the problems with China. You know, they won't take our lobsters. They won't, you know, yeah. how, how good's that? Yeah. Um, they won't take our, you know, they won't take the salmon, etc. There's so many kind of yeah. moving parts. This so there's but, an extra level from a traditional leg stock. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, the one that I like and have liked for a long time is elders because yeah. it's got that diversity. It sees the good. Um, and it seems to be able to insulate itself a little bit from the yeah. bad when things turn bad. In the Elders industry. is a bit like a ag managed yeah. managed fund, isn't it? It's got yeah. a bit of everything. Yeah, the if, bank you, if you want real estate and yeah, yeah everything. ag exposure. Yeah. And, and we've seen, you know, Costa Group was fantastic, and then it wasn't because they had some yeah. disease issues and problems in China, problems in Morocco yeah. with 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 their um, their crops and things. It's just really hard. Yeah. And there's enough uncertainties in the world yeah. without chucking it's in a the weather. Point. Especially yep. with global climate change, warming, yep. whatever. All right. Call it. There you go, Laura. Appreciate the suggestion. Um, Sam wants a view on Credit Corp. Um, sort of, you could be unkind and just call them a debt collector, but they, they do a lot of different things. And has been a star in the last 12 months. And look at him, look at him. Look at him. Oh, we did so well on this one. Anyway, well, no, in. because. I think you mentioned it ages ago yep. on the call, and I put it into my little super fund. Don't worry. Well. Been the best performer. It's little been incredible. Little super fund. Little super Little super fund. I'll declare that. You're yeah. up there with GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> little super fund. Um, there's not much not to like about Credit Corp. It's yeah. got great management. It's done a terrific job. It's in a good space. They've 
competitor collection house has done the has done the you know these guys are not even Stephen Bradbury because yeah. they were up there at the beginning yeah. as the, at the front of the pack. Um, but well, they house, took some of collection they houses, book, ledger. didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Uh, so they took over their debt ledger. Thing, yeah. So you know, not only is the competitor out the way, but now they've got a nice big sparkling yeah. new book to to work on, and. It's a technology company because it's not just about you know some bloke phoning up saying you yeah. know your Telstra bill's overdue. This is now technology and, and managing the the, the, the payments uh, that people are making and, and all this sort of stuff. It's a great company. You've got buy now pay later exploding. Um, yeah. You know, and people are, are borrowing more and they're spending more. This is good for Credit Corp. Yep. And the fact they oh, killed their competitor taken yeah. out the biz and yeah. taken the book. Uh, the, the recent result was pretty... It was good. Yeah. It was definitely upgrades I across the board. I hadn't thought that through, that with buy now, pay later, they're going to have their well, books about standing you know, they, they've got uh, smaller of, amounts. Smaller yeah. amounts. Well, some of them have. But, you know, look, look at someone like Zip, which lends you yes. know, bigger amounts, yeah. or even Hum, which goes up to 30 grand. Right. Yeah. You know, they're, they're bad debts, one and a half, two percent. Yeah. That's not insubstantial. Yeah. So um, this is this so is, even you know, even though had, the mill. Had, had a great run up at these levels, you'd still yeah. I mean, use any pullback to buy it, but yeah, definitely you know hold it and buy it and keep yep. buying it. Yeah, their collection house business that they bought, I think it was like a hundred million or one hundred and ten million that they bought it for, and they've got synergies up to one hundred and fifty, one hundred and sixty mil. So that there's certainly upgrades there. And look, the Australian market is definitely there, but we really see that the U.S. debt market remains the key opportunity. For Credit Corp, and that opportunity then is going to allow them. They have the significant capacity now to and, and the, to to be one of the top six U.S. debt uh, buyers and diversified across that uh, going through into this year. So wow. that, that's huge. Um, you know, you do have a lot of. Gee, you wouldn't have thought that in America, would you? You thought that would be the home of this sort of stuff, and we could not add any value there. The Americans are so far behind in some respects. Yeah. They yeah, still right. use personal checks. Yeah. Oh, they yeah, use billions point. of personal yeah. checks. They've just moved out of certificates for shares. Oh, like, it's, you know, we, okay. yeah. Good so, point, yeah. good point. So I, I think the, 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 the debt position has been strengthened in Australia and New Zealand, but the US is the real kicker for these guys. And, you know, we don't like to talk about how people and um, they would be hurt by this, but this is a fact of life. You borrow too much, you can't pay it back. Yeah. Um, these companies will sell that debt to somebody else to take care of it, and that margin is what Credit Corp's okay. all about. It, you know, we scratched our head six months ago, even eight months ago, when I sort of talked about it. It was at $15, $16, and it was yeah. sort of just bobbing along, and we sort of thought, why the hell isn't this moving? We, could, we couldn't understand why it, you know, but now obviously the market's sort of caught up and the yeah. story's now, and yeah, we're a holder. And even to the, today, I'm still thinking it's, it's a good buy. Mm. Okay, these levels. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, right. Sometimes you need, in these stocks, a catalyst. And, it, and as yeah. Adam says, it was bobbing along. And I, I remember extolling its virtues on, on this show and elsewhere. Um, and it was bobbing along doing nothing. But yeah. then, and Collection House was sort of in the wind and all this yeah. sort of stuff. June, um, August. But then you get a kicker doubled since when, you, yeah. when you start to get some clarification. They do the deal, they do the collection house deal, they, yeah. they take out their competitor and buy the debt ledger, and then they get re-rated, punk, yeah. and another re-rated, punk, and then they're off to the races. Yeah, yeah. You know? Okay. All right. So if you're in it, Sam Credit Corp's already in the uh, calls portfolio, but um, Sam, another big thumbs up. Um, 
Henry Joe wants a view on the Centuria industrial REIT, uh, a pure play industrial property uh, portfolio reported yesterday, I think, and, uh, and had a really good result. Don't forget the, the managing director is on at 20 past one today here on Ausbiz for more analysis. Um, it does look what, it, it does what it says on the box. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, for, for donkey's years, when I was a, a young man in, in the stock market, REITs, as they were called in the old, old days, property trusts, they were dull, kind yeah. of boring businesses. This one is one of those. Yep. Um, it's a very well managed, dull, boring business. The stock price doesn't do much apart from when you get a March Madness. Yep. Uh, it's got a nice big fat yield. About so what's the attraction? So it's the yield. There you go. Anyone who wants there a yield. There you go. It's, yeah, it's the yield. Five, you know, 5.5, 5.7%, fully franked, and it's steady. It's not guaranteed nothing is. So but if you're a self-funded retiree. Self-funded retiree. You're not going to get rich out of this one, yeah. but you're not going to get poor, and you're going to get a nice, decent income out of it. Right. It's not fully Long franked. Risk. Is the distribution, but you know, industrial property, yeah. they do it very well. Um, interest rates are low. Yeah. Mm. Where else are you going to go? It's you know, and the, the commercial versions, no one's touching at the moment because of office space issues. And, yeah, and I mean, surprisingly, some of them have held up retail. remarkably well. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, the sexy ones are the are the gold, are the Goodman, Goodman's, yeah. GMG. I mean, that's that's been the, the sexy one. Right. Um, but in the old days, you know, the, the Fund managers used to specialise in property trusts, and yeah. they used to switch between them for the minusculest of differences, um, because that's how they captured that extra. Because they're all kind of a bit generic. Yeah. Now they all yeah. did the same thing, but there's yeah. a bit more um, diversity now in people's portfolios with the property trusts since the Goodmans have come along or the CIPs. But you know, they do what they say on the box: great yield, okay. not very exciting. You don't want them to be exciting. No, no, no. That's not the point. For a conservative investor who conservative depends investors. on income from yep. their investment portfolio yep. to no. live on, results were good, management's good, it ticks all the boxes. You know, okay. it's, it's a buy, but you're not going to do. Yeah. You're not going to buy it's your, a, your next boat on it. It's a yeah. buy for that type of investor. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm going to go a little bit. Si- uh, I, I prefer Charter Hall or Goodman Group, like Henry said, Goodman Group. But I prefer those two. Um, for me, um, this one, if you sort of do look into the result a little bit, they did sort of miss by you know eight hundred thousand. Like it wasn't a lot, but there was a little bit of a miss around that rent relief provisions, and I think that rent relief is still not really worked out uh, yeah. through a lot of that. So I feel that there could be continuing. Uh, to have some issues with that um, of people not being able to work or, or those businesses not being able to pay rent. So yeah. I think that for me is still putting a cap on this one. As Henry said, the, the, the yield is actually pretty good, five and a half, sort of 5.8%. Uh, 5, yeah, 5. The ROE is around 8%. So like, it's not going to set the world on fire. I'm, I'm sort of echoing exactly what Henry said. But yeah. uh, for me... Um, I prefer Charter Hall or Goodman Group. So it, Charter Hall, what the whale? Yeah. Well, m- most or, of the Charter Halls are, are pretty good. Right. Um, the whale long week, the the long reit one is is probably the best uh, right. out of that. They've um, been at the old DJs. Yeah. Building in the city. Yeah. They, I think um, turn it into a big office spot. And they're more material assets in this sector. Right. So they they have the bigger assets. So I sort of think this is a sort of third. Okay. play inside of that so for me it's no i think that you, you would do better in those other two stocks okay all right so so if you were going 
All right, let me, because I know we get, uh, probably got a lot of self-funded retirees here who've yep. been disappointed by the banks. Banks look as though they're going to start upping their dividend, which is going to be great news for you. But if you had, what would be the three yield sort of foundation stocks you'd have in a portfolio? Uh, so so uh, today's prices, so if we're yeah. going to buy them yeah, today. Yeah. So g- generally, uh, it, yeah, one would be the banks. Um, then I'd look at something like an Amcor, upgraded their dividend right, yeah, yesterday. yesterday. Uh, yeah. So a really good result. Um, that hasn't done well. I mean, it's it's been bobbling along sideways, but it is a defensive business. But um, that would be one that I, I'd look right, at. Okay. Again, no franking, so you've got to be yeah. a little bit cautious there. Um, always go to the Coles or Woolworths, right. yeah. fantastic businesses, even Wes Farmers. I mean, yeah. it's just, it is, it will power ahead. So there's a couple of stocks there that I'd look for those dividends. Yeah. What about you, Henry? Um, you I think favourites in yield? I'm not really a yield kind of guy, as, no. as, as, but. And your followers <coughs> really aren't interested in well, yield? They, they? Of course, yes, of course they are. I mean, Marcus today is a, is a broad church. Yeah, yeah. I'm in one corner of the nave, right. and there's another nave in the other corner of the nave. Right, okay. <laughs> so um, as far as dividend stocks go, it would be hard, and I hate to say this, it'd be hard to go past Wilson Asset Management. Ah. You know, right. that, that is a strong mm. dividend. Finally coming back. The LIC market. There's some, there's some LICs mm. out there that pay okay. some seriously good dividends. A lot of them are kind of pass through the affix and the degeneracy yeah. are a yeah, pass through kind of you know they, they invest in lots of banks That's and they pass through that but um, I think you know Jeff the results were out the other day yeah. I think it's still you know nearly a seven percent fully franked wow. consistently okay. good I mean they're paid mm. you know what 15 cents I did see IWF the other day also looks pretty good down oh. here on the yield oh yeah it does that's a trap for young players I <laughs> Like the, like, like the AGL year. Well, I've got grey hair. I don't know about you. <laughs> well, you obviously uh, want to go bald. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that, it. That has been one of the, the dogs of the market. Oh, it really shocker. has. Shocker. Every dog has its day. There you yeah, go. Yeah. I'll, I'll see you in a year's time, hey? That's oh, okay. <laughs> We've got that on tape. Yeah. Uh, all right, Adam, our final stock. Uh, Jacob wants a view on uh, Bingo, the Recycling Waste Management Group. Um, under... Um, all sorts of talk about um, uh, a cash buyout. Yeah. Of the so it, where's it at at the moment? Uh, well, I think so. We've, they've had the takeover offer. Yeah. Uh, we're now in the the process of um, the company obviously doing due diligence and opening up the books and right. basically. So they're doing the dance. They're, the they're doing the dance yeah. at the moment. Okay. So I don't know if I can say yes or no to right. this due to the fact that I've got we've got a lot of stock in Bingo and I was very happy to see when it did get taken over because we've had a buy on this one for a long time. Right. So I really do think that this is a fantastic business, one with the recycling, one with the the movement to um, industrial, not industrial. Um, yeah. uh, so the offer's 350, it's at 323 at the moment. Yep. Yeah, so I would wait and to wait to the 11th hour to then basically right. make a decision whether you sell it or then look, because I think that there's gonna be another bid. Really? I okay. think that there's going to be competition in this space because basically in the ASX you've only got two stocks, Clean, clean away, away and Bingo. And bingo. Do you reckon Clean Away will clean it up? Uh, no, I think no. that they've got their own problems at the moment. Yeah. But you know, you've got these big Aussie super funds that need uh, these kinds of assets. Right. And you know, you do the old put Macquarie at the front and put all these guys at the back, and right. then they'll, okay. they'll run it through. Okay. And there's some big pension funds globally that potentially might need these assets because mm. they are green 
assets and they are ESG friendly. And I think bingo, yeah. So I, I would, I don't know, it's, it's, it's not a yes or no. It, it is wait yeah, till yep. the 11th hour. Yep. You wait and see if there's another bid. If there's not another bid, I think you take the, the, uh, the offer and run. Okay. Um, this is highly conditional as usual. Could yeah. be a bank envelope, we'll indicative. We'll chuck $3.50 at you and see how we go. We want to have a look at your books. Um, the, my rule of thumb, having done this for a long time when I worked in a past life, is when you get one of these, you tend to sell some. Yep. Because at some stage during this whole drawn point. out, complicated dance of the seven veils that we will go through, there will be a wobble. Yep. And the stock price will collapse and the hedge funds will go, oh, I don't want this anymore, and they'll get out. Um, and that's the time when you buy back in again. Because where there's smoke, there's fire, and there possibly will be another bid. But at 322, 325, Mm. your you know where was it beforehand it was it was two dollars seventy so you've yep. got to weigh up if it if it falls over it's back to two dollars seventy maybe yep. briefly but it's still back there or if it goes through at three dollars fifty so you look at the risk reward yep. which is why I take some money off the table yep. wait for the wobble and you can yep. always get back in um, there always is a wobble whether it's a, a FERB thing or whether it's some court <laughs> case or something comes out yep. of the woodwork yep. there's always a wobble um, and if yeah. there's another bid, you're still, you're still in the game because you've got you know, a lot of your stock still left. But yeah. it's good to take some money off the table because of the wobble and just wait, see what happens. Yeah. Um, this one's in play. Mm. Whether anyone else comes out, private equity is stuffed full of cash. Yeah. They've got to do yeah. something with it. Look at the amount of SPACs that have, the, the special purpose acquisition yeah. rubbish that's going on in the US. I mean, yeah. luckily we don't have them here. Yeah. But um, you know, there's so much okay. money around. We call them private equity, don't we? All right. Mm. <laughs> Great guidance. All right, let's uh, recap the final five stocks. Brain chip, a no from both Henry and Adam. Both of them prefer 40s in in that space. Uh, no from Tassel Credit Corp. Uh, a yes from both Centuria Industrial. Boring yield play. If you're after that, um, Henry likes it. Adam is more a Charter Hall or Goodman fan. If you want that sort of return, and uh, with Bingo, uh, sell a bit now and wait and see. That's good advice. What comes out. Great advice. Gentlemen, great to see you. Is Good to have you back that on board. That's it. it. Look at the hour's gone. Whizzes by. The hour has just whizzed by. <laughs> We've been by. engrossed in we every have, word. We have. Appreciate it. Henry Jennings from Marcus today and Adam Dawes from Shore and Partners. Good to see you. See you next time. Um, and that's our show for today. If you've got any stocks you'd like us to pass through our panel, uh, flick us an email, the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. Reminder, all if you want to see the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Um, and a quick note from us here at Osbiz, we're doing a survey of subscribers to learn more about you and uh, make sure we're producing the kind of content you want. Open until February the 10th. Two people who fill it out will be randomly selected to win a $2,000 account in uh, a superhero account as well. And if you're looking for your next investment, tune into the Startup Daily Show. Every day the team brings you the latest on companies seeking capital in that startup sector. Uh, Chief Executive of Databricks, uh, Ali Godsey, um, is joining the team as he launches a billion dollar Series G capital raise that's coming up on the Startup Daily Show. And remember the big story on Illum just the other day, the little Aussie business that uh, has got the COVID testing kits that the American government has put 300 million into. They did their first interview here on Ausbiz in July last year. So it's all of those companies 
that are growing is uh, the feature of that show. So don't miss it. Uh, coming up after the break, uh, The Pulse. Stick around.